Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hey, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And in today's episode, we're covering Minute 88 of the movie The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, our weary heroes rest on the steps and Marty checks in as to Dana's well-being post-werewolf attack. Yes, so Molly, you're back after a a little bit of a Molly hiatus, actually. Yes, yeah, Yeah. woo! (laughs) (laughs) I believe there was a birthday somewhere in there. How, How was your birthday? Well, my birthday uh, was spent at a hospital in Olympia, Washington. Um, (laughs) uh, But everyone's okay. My dad lost a gallbladder and uh, yeah, but he didn't die on my birthday. He turned away from the lights. So I'm really excited about that. And I didn't have that association to have to deal with. But yeah, it was a it was a meditative birthday. It was a very Buddhist birthday of um, we are all subject to sickness and and dying and and ill health and and this is a great expression of that in these minutes of we are not immune to werewolf attacks and hospitalization so that's how that went (laughs) yeah sounds pretty intense but um uh, i hope things are going a little bit better with your with your pops how's he doing these days better every day thank you good 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 so well let's move on into this so yeah we just uh that werewolf just skedaddled away and I was um, reading uh, or I was re-listening to some of the commentary and some of the behind the scenes stuff. And and that was one of the things that Drew mentioned that he knew that uh, he and Joss were really uh, simpatico in writing this and co-writing mm. this because one of them mentioned to the other something about like, hey, uh, you know, that gun doesn't have silver bullets in it. So is it okay if the werewolf just kind of runs away and the other one's like, yep, <laughs> works for me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. That's totally fair. One of the things that I saw when I was looking up this particular, well, really the scene, but these last few minutes and was researching some things on Kristen Connolly because we haven't really talked about Kristen Connolly. So yeah. I'm sure we'll bring in some some stuff about her. I saw an article and it was discussing, amongst many things, this particular scene. And so I was going to to read a couple of things that came up. And specifically, the interviewer is asking her, Drew and Joss are huge horror fans and The Cabin in the Woods is, amongst other things, a love letter to the entire genre and all of its classic tropes and elements. Being that your your character is the film's version of the, quote, final girl, that beloved female protagonist who makes it through to the end, did Joss and Drew have you watch any old horror films to take any pointers from classic final girls? And her answer was, they didn't give me anything specifically as a final girl, but they did give Fran and I Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid to watch for in the last scene, which was kind of cool. When you watch the final scene and have Butch Cassidy in mind, it's pretty interesting. But they did have us watch The Evil Dead and some other movies, and I think we were all hungry to do the proper research for this. Oh, I love that. Isn't that interesting? So in the context of this, we should discuss it in, in context of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And I totally didn't, obviously we've seen this a bunch of times, saw the minutes, 
And when I heard that, that totally made sense to me. Ah, this is the final stand. You know, we've done what we can. We're beaten in a way, (laughs) you know, but we're also just acquiescing to what the situation is. You know, we're, we're accepting of what the situation is. And so I, I really had that sense of camaraderie here at the end. And we really, really get that in these last three minutes. So I am putting that out there. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And they're almost like breathing in sync here at the end. Mm. They've just, um, as you mentioned, the werewolf, werewolf skedaddled away and she's been mauled by him pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both just kicking back on the stairs, but, uh, uh, but yeah, they're kind of matching in, in exhaustion and breath. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this before, but they're sort of similarly splattered in blood. And so, yeah, they are, they do really look like a, a team visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she is fucked up. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, she's just, girlfriend has, has had an ordeal. She is looking rough. Not that Marty hasn't either, but, you know, you, you really get a sense of how gravely wounded she is here you know, having difficulty, like, you know, setting herself up and, you know, getting, getting herself upright kind of on the stairs, Marty taking a real slow walk to her to, to pop squat next to her. And there's just moans and groans on both their parts. And, you know, but we also have a, a sense of humor here too, because she makes a comment, you know, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he's after all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that is a good little funny moment and the things are crumbling around them right like i mean they're just yeah. starting to there's still more grumbling and rumbling that's not just from below but like rocks are falling and mm-hmm. he's sort of doing that thing you do when you're just on your last legs or he's almost limping across the the room to sit next to her yeah and then yeah. he does that thing that that people do, whether it's you're at a funeral or you are in a shitty situation, like sitting in a hospital room, you know. And he yeah. says, uh, huh, "How are you?" You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said. So you wrote down that she said going away. I had yeah. a hard time hearing what it was that she said here. Oh, that works for me. Going. Oh, how are you? going away yeah yeah i and it's interesting i i always interpreted that's what she said in that moment and you know and, and hearing it again i mean that was my my understanding of and i'm totally open to somebody else saying that's not actually it i don't know maybe there's a script floating around that, that says otherwise but it looked like to me or sounded like to me um that she says going away and i actually thought that to to be an interesting line actually it's <laughs> actually what she says mm-hmm. but, <laughs> uh I, I i think i think i'm right on it yeah because she doesn't say like you know i'm dying i liked i like the sound of like going away and almost sound like i'm i'm fate it's like i'm fading mm. you know i'm not dying but i'm fading i'm fading out and i thought that was a really like deep and beautiful way of, of putting it like i don't got anything left you know yeah what mm. did you think she said I didn't know what she said. Mm, okay. And I usually watch these minutes with the subtitles and mm. 
I must have not been watching this minute with a subtitle. And we had um, just full full disclosure, we had a few different times where we were recording out of order. So sometimes when things get recorded out of order here towards the end, it just I get a little confused as to what minutes I'm watching and what's going on and where I'm at. So if I did see it with subtitles on, I didn't catch, you know, what it was written. So that works for mm-hmm. me. Going away works okay. for me. Yeah, I always thought it was an interesting it was an, an interesting turn of phrase to say it that way. But but really quite lovely. Not over dramatic, but a little sad. Cause it is, I mean, it is sad. I mean, they're they're alive at the end. So it's interesting. We don't see it's not like you know, Kurt or Jules or Holden, where, you know, you really are privy to a, a violent death and a violent end. In fact, to, to foreshadow this, we don't actually see them die. We don't actually see the death. So in our minds, they do, they do make it to the end, although it's implied they don't make it. We don't actually see the ending. Right. Like Thelma and Louise, you know, mm-hmm. at the yes. end of that, they're grab each other's hands and off, you know, and you could like fantasize that somehow they survive or that they go into some otherworldly place. You know, Mm -hmm. I guess there's those open endings that, that you could um, take in another direction if it was too hard for you to think that the, the, your, your favorite folks that you've spent all this time with that you've been rooting for are, are Mm -hmm. gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, on a slightly separate note, um, that line, you know, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin. Mm-hmm. So this is like way back in the beginning. I don't know. Maybe it was even like minute 10 or something. I can't remember right now. Hella early. Uh, I had talked about there was a fan theory that Kurt was actually a plant that he he wasn't. He was like in cahoots with the the control room somehow. Mm-hmm. And that this line of like, you know, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin was like part of the justification for why they thought that and that it wasn't meant I mean I, I kind of take it as like a humorous <laughs> it was just kind of like a humorous like I can't really remember us really ever talking about him <laughs> having a cousin and so I'm kind of making a joke in this moment I feel like that's that's kind of her motivation here but yeah I thought yeah just to bring it back around this is this was part of that context of why there was a a fan theory that uh, he wasn't he wasn't who he said he was but I think this also is kind of interesting if you really want to take it in that um, fan fiction sort of route of how Kurt might have been manipulated to think he had a cousin. There wasn't actually ever a cousin. This was just some other type of manipulation to say that, yeah, you do have a cousin and and this is what we're going to use to get you out there. Yeah. I mean, that's what I figured it was that there was uh, some sort of suggestion or something, but we don't see that part because by the time the movie starts, when we pick up with them, the plan has already been made. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it could have been any sort of thing. Like he could have gotten, uh, he could have been under a suggestion or his, you know, I know we know the Rambler was something he borrowed from his dad. Maybe there was, Mm -hmm. there was mail left around the house that said something like something about a letter written that had something about his cousin and his groovy getaway (laughs) pad out in the trees out in nature. Or, you know, maybe there was, his dad was manipulated and it was through him or maybe it was a early, 
hallucinogenic drug and somehow it was implied for that. <laughs> could have been, could have been. I'm going to space out my Kristen Connolly trivia, but I do have one thing I was going to drop in here because uh, as listeners will know, both Heidi and myself are fans of person of interest. Yes. And there is a person of interest piece of trivia that connects Kristen Connolly with person of interest. And that trivia is her brother, Will Connolly, was on Person of Interest as Ethan Garvin, who was a sound analyst for Shotseeker, which was a company that used a program that monitors false alarm sounds to rule out whether they were like real gunshots or not, and or a car backfiring or what have you. Right. And uh, that software draws the attention of Samaritans. So for those who haven't seen the series, I'm not going to go into any more context than that, because Samaritan's kind of a big thing. So we don't want to like say anything, but he does show up at the the latter half of of the seasons. So I think that's either the second to last season or the last season he shows up. No, oh, cool, good, good little connection there. Yeah, cool. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about regarding this particular minute? No, I think uh, we can bid eighty uh, eight adieu and uh, wait for more fun. Well, it's not really. I mean, it's it's fun for us, but less fun for <laughs> less fun for the human race. But we can uh, pick that back up on Wednesday. Sounds good. So I was going to mention um, tickets aren't available yet, but we are going to be um, gathering. At least I'll be gathering, and hopefully you will be too. Mm-hmm. At I guess they're calling it minute by minute Denver. And mm. so, yeah, it says a sequel to the wildly successful meetup and live show of last summer, 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 MXM Denver promises to be an entertaining and informative get together um, in the Mile High City. So that's going to be Saturday, August 18th. 2018 and if you want to keep an eye out on the uh, when the tickets go on sale you can go to moviesbyminutes.com slash denver you can also rsvp on the facebook um, event through that and uh, so yeah i just wanted to do a little shout out to 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 the movies by minutes in Denver, because I think that's going to be fun. And it would be great to have other people, other folks come out, listeners, come and check it out and hobnob with us and come see some live podcasting going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah, it looks like it'll be it'll be fun. And you know, I guess if you're minimally involved in the movies by minute community to see people in meat space and three dimensions live and pumping blood and all that good stuff it's, <laughs> it's good to it's good to commune with your your brethren totally so, yeah yeah come on down yeah cool so yeah and um i think you know during our last couple of episodes maybe we can kind of let everybody know what it is that we're up to because once we're done with these minutes, we'll have um, our other projects we want to let everybody know about. So stay tuned for Projects Update. Yeah. So on that note, thank you guys for showing up on a Monday, and we will see you back at the cabin. Mm-hmm.